Welcome to Paranormal Artist. My name is Alex, and I'll be taking you on some haunted adventures. Listener discretion is advised. This audio may not be suitable for all audiences. When I tell you guys I'm having a fucking hard time with this right now, holy shit. I've been going through it. But I'm here. I'm back. I know I'm a little bit behind, but it is what it is. That's all I have to say. So I was watching Ghost Adventures the other day, and I was like, you know what? That's a really interesting episode. The Ohio Reformatory. Mansfield Reformatory. I thought it was really cool. I liked the evidence that they caught on there. I liked the whole episode. So then I thought, I'm going to do an episode about it. And here I am, several days later after that thought, finally doing the episode about it. And let me tell you, depression is a fucking bitch. Not really feeling like doing anything and just kind of there. But I know that I have to pick up and continue going. And no matter how much I want to just not do it anymore. And I'm not saying not do this, but like not do anything in general. I just have to get up and I have to make sure that I keep myself in check and make sure that I do the things that I need to do so that I can be better than how I feel and turn around another day, like looking back and be like, okay, well, I'm glad I did that. Because sometimes if you let that shit win, it just, it sucks. And I get it. That's like easier said than done, but. Really, it's hard in general sometimes to get anything done and you just want to lay in bed and do nothing with your life. And sometimes it feels good at that moment to just let it be there. Just just be in that moment and just feel everything you're feeling. But eventually, you have to pick yourself up and you have to move. And basically. After watching that episode and like several days of like, oh my god, I got it together. It was hard and it's even hard right now uh, recording this episode for you guys. It's just been one of these weeks that you just don't feel like doing anything and you're sad about everything. But, you know, the most positive thing that I can say is that I went to go see one of my favorite artists in Dallas. Snow the product. She gets me through some shit. I love her. And a couple of my friends went with me. We had a good time. And I highly recommend her music. I think it's really good. It's really real. For me, at least. It kind of helped me get out of any kind of funk that I'm in. Inspiring, if you can say. Anyway, that's enough about that. So today I'm going to talk about the Mansfield Reformatory slash Ohio State Reformatory. This place was massive. It still is massive. Part of it is actually torn down because they have a new penitentiary behind it, I think is what I read. I say I think a lot. No, I saw and I read. Because there is an active penitentiary behind this reformatory. This place was talked about and discussed in the state legislature in 1884. Just basically the initial step to help 
these troubled boys who were just getting into trouble constantly help them reform their lives, hence the word reformatory. It started construction in 1896. The architect was from Cleveland. His name was Levi Tucker Schofield. He made this place out of limestone. He wanted it to suggest like a cathedral where it was thought to uplift the minds of the inmates and also also add that touch of intimidation. It took 10 years to create. There is, let me see, I don't even have like the actual square footage of the building. Just know that it's one of the one of the largest cell blocks in the world. It's got six stories, and it's double sided. Like so, that tall area, it's got two sides. So there's six stories on one side, a wall, and then six stories on another. And basically, that's how I see it. Place was massive. <laughs> this place was meant to be inescapable. You couldn't escape it. Or they would try to keep you from doing so, at least. By 1946, the reformatory changed to become a penitentiary. So when I say reformatory, these people did minor crimes. And they were minor offenders. So these were boys, 16 to 21. They were given a high school education, trade school, and were taught a religion. Um, I found a quote from the website, the Mansfield Reformatory Preservation Society. Quote, the goal of the institution was to truly reform and rehabilitate the inmates who received three things during their time at OSR, religion, education, and a trade. Inmates were admitted for 18 months, and if they showed progress, they could be released after that time. If not, they received another 18 months. The model was successful and OSR had a high success rate and a low recidivism rate, end quote. So it went from that to being a maximum security prison. And with the demand of a prison increasing, that meant that the space was getting taken up which led eventually to overcrowding in the cells. And that led from it being a reformatory place to a place of punishment. And the punishments were as inhumane as you could fucking think. There was electro-torture, a small cell used for solitary confinement. That was called the hole later on. And the inmates were subject to such extreme violence from both security or the prison guards and the inmates. The food was terrible and sanitation was not even in the question. It was infested with rats and God knows what else. Some of the inmates died by suicide, murder, or disease. And being that this place has been open or was open for such a long period of time, it's seen some of the major epidemics come through the U.S., such as like. Spanish flu or like yellow fever or whatever else came through because listen I'm not (laughs) I'm definitely no historian when it comes to like what diseases came through but I do know that there was like a flu epidemic there was a um, yellow fever Spanish flu whatever just 
those types of things went through. And murder, like, murder is just, you, you can kind of expect it from a maximum security prison. People are trying to survive. But also, some people just want to fucking kill. Why not? So, by 1978, the Council for Human Dignity filed a lawsuit over the conditions that the inmates lived in, which then, several years later, led to the decision to close the reformatory, and even that was delayed until the 1990s. So, you know, (laughs) there's that. In 1983, just before they shut it, it was placed on a historical or a state historical thing, you know, those little plaques that they have everywhere that's like, this is a historic landmarker. The place has seen 154,000 inmates come in and out. 200 people died there. And aside from all that, there were actually a couple of movies filmed there. Shawshank Redemption and Air Force One, which is pretty cool. And you can actually take tours of the specific parts that these were filmed in found out on that if you just go on youtube just type in this name ohio state reformatory mansfield reformatory you can get somebody who's recorded the whole fucking tour for you and you just kind of get a peek at like what it is obviously it's not like the same as being in person but shit that's as close as i can get right (laughs) being that i'm all the way over here in texas and not in ohio You know, I already talked about how the place can be toured. So, the hole. The hole was a solitary confinement area. And it sounds exactly, they they barely got any kind of natural light, if any light at all. It was fucking hot in there. 95 degrees. And just think about this. 95 degrees, probably no water, probably, like, nothing to nothing to help you stay healthy hydrated they would stay in there for three fucking days and those were for the people who were rule breakers in the general population so whenever we talk about the inmates dying by suicide trigger warning massive trigger warning while watching the ghost adventures episode on this particular area we're talking about a an an inmate named james lockhart who in 1960 got himself some kerosene or lighter fluid, whatever, and somehow got a hold of matches and lit himself on fire. And just, I feel bad for the, I mean, he, listen, I feel bad for the guy because really it must be something to really just fucking, I don't even know like a delicate way to put this. I really don't. It's basically like your life is in such fucking shambles now that you choose to set yourself on fire as a form of fucking suicide. That's insane. To me, at least. Now, any of you, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, whatever, Alex. No. Honestly, can you imagine just sitting there and one day just up and fucking deciding, fuck this shit. I'm done. I'm going to set myself on fire. This I'm going out with a bang. And... I'm not meaning that as a fucking joke either. I'm meaning like he he chose like probably one of the worst ways to go out. And you know, it's it's really sad that things like this happen, but it's just I guess it's just a normal thing in in a prison back in that time. 
Now, I don't know about anything. I don't know anything about prisons these days. I don't know anything. I don't know anybody who works in them. So I can't say for sure. And I'm not trying to offend anybody either. But I mean, I have seen some shit. I really have. But nothing quite like this. This is terrible. And, you know, I mentioned the Ghost Adventures episode. They were interviewing the guy. And he's describing, because he, he was in the cell next to the this Lockhart man who lit himself on fire. He said that they dragged his body still on fire and chunks of his own flesh were coming off down the hallway as they dragged him. Now, I don't know how true that is, but who am I to discredit somebody's story if they saw what they fucking saw? So while talking about this, oddly enough, the man, I think his name was DJ Fly, not 100% sure, Anyway, he proceeds to start, like, spazzing out. Like, he's, like, grabbing his arms. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And he's like, no, stop your shit. You chose the wrong way to go. Basically saying, let me go, Lockhart, because the spirit of this man is still there. And obviously was like, maybe he's an intelligent spirit. And he's like, holy shit, I know this dude. And proceeded to be like, hey, you know, to get his attention. Obviously, it didn't work. Freaked him out. Freaked me out, too. And when I was, like, 16 watching this, I was like, yo, that's wild. And now I'm just like, that is still wild. But it's also like, this poor dude, his soul is stuck here in this fucking prison for eternity. And I truly feel bad for him. Especially knowing, and not really knowing what was going through his head at that time. So another one. That that was in the main area. That was in that six-story area. Sorry, I didn't. I just kind of jumped into <laughs> into that. Didn't mean to. So this one actually, this next one that I heard of, this next murder, happened in the hole. And remember earlier, I said there's. It's dark. It's really meant for one person, but due to overcrowding, there's two or more. So this story goes. Two inmates were put into one cell in the hole, and when it was time to come out, only one did. Allegedly, the other inmate, the one that was murdered, was stuffed under the bed, or under the uh, bunk, whatever that thing is called that they sleep on. Damn. And with what? Because, honestly, there's really nothing in the hole to fucking grab a hold of, and... I didn't get the specifics on this dude's death. I, I didn't because, <laughs> you know, that's enough of a story on its own. But just know that two inmates went in, one came out. Just knowing that, that's enough for me to be like, you know, I don't need to know any more details. So that was a brief little ish on the history that I have here. I am all about the spooky shit. And you know that. Like I said, I love ghost adventures. I like watching just like the small YouTubers also who do paranormal stuff. And on, honestly, I really didn't find any uh, YouTubers who had gone in there. But more or less, I was looking for more like the history stuff to get like a better idea of what the reformatory was about. I learned a lot more than I thought I would on YouTube. And also, obviously, looking up some stuff. Google helps a lot. <laughs> I enjoy Google. Some of the stuff that you pull up just has nothing to do with anything, and sometimes you get the wrong information, and hey, what's up, you know? Not much you can do about that. 
the ghostliness, the hauntedness, the spirits that lurk within the reformatory. There's a lot. Let it be known now that there is a lot. And as you know, I live for that. I love that stuff. I want to go there one day. I want to look in it. I want to go on a paranormal investigation there. I would like to experience the stuff that the tour guides have experienced, the stuff that other visitors, uh, tourists have experienced. I want to see it all. And I want to take my own photos. I got my huge camera. I want to take pictures. I don't want to sit here and like, oh, you know, there was a ghost. No, I want to have my own pictures. It's just that I live in DFW. I'm nowhere near Ohio as much as I would like to be. So, you know, I keep getting off topic because that is like my number one skill. Let's talk about the spookiness. People have actually claimed that it feels like the inmates are reaching out for you from the cells. At night, it's creepy and eerie, which, yeah. (laughs) I think pretty much everything at night feels different. You know what I mean? Except I am the darkness and I am the night. So be what it will. Batteries get drained, hair gets pulled. There are several hot spots in the reformatory, the chapel, the infirmary or hospital, the basement, the library and the hall, the east wing, third floor, middle administration, sub-basement, west attic and the east and west cell blocks, which is probably that big six-story thing I was talking about earlier. So, usually you don't expect a chapel to be haunted or to have any kind of um, paranormal activity. At least that's what I think. Or I wouldn't expect it. I mean, I, it's like iffy because some places, fuck yeah, they look like they've got some shit, but others, no. Being that we're talking about a reformatory slash uh, penitentiary, well, not to be mixed up with the Ohio State Penitentiary. <laughs> I'm talking like a prison, like an actual prison. Supposedly, there were inmates that were executed there before it was converted into a chapel, which that would explain why there would be paranormal activity in there. So it's known as a hotspot. And if you don't know what a hotspot is, uh, I've talked about it before. It's basically where there is more activity than in another area. So, like, um, you can be in one room over, that won't have nearly as much activity as, say, this chapel supposedly does. People will catch orbs or light anomalies. And if you don't know what that is, let me explain really quick. A light anomaly is just, as it sounds, a ball of light. Basically an orb. They usually get those in their photos. So you're taking a picture with your cell phone and you have the flash on and something is like reflective looking back at you. It's kind of like that. But I don't think it matters whether or not you have a um, flash on your phone or your camera, whichever you're using. Usually these light anomalies can be caught by infrared cameras. And yes, there are apps that can actually use infrared or what is that shit? Uh, A thermal camera? Those can pick those up too, I think. Uh, Or at least they can detect cold spots. So that's something else that gets reported in there. There's lots of unexplained sounds. People can see 
spirits or shadows from the corners of their eyes. Some have even been grabbed by these spirits. And, you know, there's that, there's that one. When you feel like you're being watched. Now, that's a big one. Because you just have that... Like, you know when you're just there? You're just there. But you feel somebody's eyes, like, digging fucking daggers into you? That's what it feels like. They're staring at you. They're watching your every move. They're, like, creeping on you, you know? That's how that feels. The hospital, not much that I could find on the hospital. It said that people or the inmates were often neglected and would go days, hours without the help of medical staff. And in the hospital, there's like unexplained bursts of wind. Imagine somebody turning a fan on all of a sudden and then the fan is turned off all of a sudden again. So just like a... And you can also hear disembodied voices. If you don't remember what a disembodied voice is, it's basically a voice with no body, hence disembodied. I know I'm putting it in like layman's terms, but just to give you like the smallest summary, that's what it is. You can hear it on voice recordings. Sometimes you can hear it with your own ear or on a video. Whatever it is, you just know it was not you making that sound. It was not you making that voice. Or anybody else you were with, for that matter. Hence, being a disembodied voice. There's also the library. They see a spirit. Former inmates and some psychics have even said that there is a female spirit there who may or may not have been a nurse who was killed in that area. Didn't get the specifics on that, but I'm guessing you can either see her or feel her. and. Sometimes you can smell stuff, like if there's a certain perfume they were wearing, or maybe you could smell cigar smoke, something like that. There, there would be like subtle signs that perhaps you're in the presence of a spirit, or maybe there's some kind of like unexplained phenomena happening right there. That's the library. If people are seeing spirits i can imagine that there's been like a couple of apparitions or orbs or even shadow creatures shadow figures that would be in the library i also would believe that there would probably be some stuff that gets moved around maybe some poltergeist activity because if there's an intelligent spirit they want to get known they want to be heard (laughs) you know I personally would like to go through this entire place with a spirit box and just see what's got to be said. The basement is another place that is a hot spot. It's believed that a 14-year-old boy is there, the spirit of a 14-year-old boy. Supposedly, he was beaten to death by a guard, and he's often seen in the shadows of the basement. So maybe he is not as dark as the shadows, or maybe he is darker than the shadows. You can get an uneasy feeling. Now, you know when you just can't, like, you feel like, just that that feeling, you know? I know you know what I'm talking about. It's like, something's not right, something's wrong, or basically just like, uh, I don't like that feeling. It's just, something is off. That's what you feel. There is 
a sinister vibe about the basement, which can possibly be the presence of a malevolent entity or spirit. This is possibly brought on by the guard, who is also said to lurk the shadows of the basement. And I'm guessing it would happen to be the guard that may or may not have killed this 14-year-old. And I'm imagining 14 because this is back when it was still a reformatory and not a prison or max security prison. The administration wing is said to be in haunted or to have the two spirits of very important people in the reformatory or prison. Arthur Glatt, and I don't know how to say the last name, sorry, and his wife Helen. Arthur was the superintendent in 1935 and was trying to make conditions for the prison more bearable than what they were. They both lived in the admin wing. In 1950, Helen was supposedly killed while looking for something in the closet, and she died of her injuries just a few days after that incident. A few years later, Arthur passed from a heart attack. It's said that both of their spirits are still there. They're not malevolent. They're actually known to be friendly spirits, which is good in a place like that. And finally, last but not least, we get to the hole. The hole is its own little monster. That place, it sounds creepy. It seems creepy. And where there is no light, that is creepy. <laughs> Basically, it's solitary confinement. I've probably said this like fucking three or four times before. Solitary confinement for the prisoners or the inmates who could not follow the rules. There was no natural light. At least not a lot of it. There's a story about the prisoners who came out. One of them possibly died or was murdered in there. People often experience nausea, cold spots, the sounds of breathing that's not their own or anybody around them, and that feeling of wanting to get the fuck out of there. That's crazy. So what a cold spot is, that is, you know, how it seems. You can just be chilling, normal temperature room, and then all of a sudden there's like a spot that's just super cold where there's like a 10 degree temperature drop or maybe even 15 to 20 degrees. It's like an extreme drop in temperature to possibly indicate the presence of a spirit or possibly even the manifestation of one because spirits are known to be able to manipulate the areas around them. People have seen shadows and <laughs> disembodied voices or sounds. This place was meant to be a torture chamber. And you think, maybe I'm being dramatic. Kind of. But in a sense, when you think about it, it's definitely not a spot that you would want to be in. Where you don't get light, you have like barely any room to move. And from what I saw in some of the videos, no sink to wash your hands. It was literally a bed right next to a toilet. And that's just pretty fucking disgusting. And, I mean, I get it. It's how they built it. It's supposed to be punishment, not luxury. Either way. <sighs> so, basically, there's a lot of negative energy in the hole. And possibly <laughs> just entirely negative energy. 
So we're talking about the worst of the worst inmates being put in there. They have killed other inmates. They've gotten in the fights. They're just causing a whole shitload of ruckus. And that's why they were put there. So when you put all of that energy in those cells and having those cells for several years, several decades, that's a ton of fucking energy. The residual energy in there, the residual haunting in there must be extreme down to like (laughs) anything. So when people say they hear like disembodied voices or sounds, I'm like, fuck yeah, you will. Hell yeah, you will. Do I want to experience that for myself? Of course. Hell yeah, I want to. I want to be there and feel it. So I'm talking about unexplained sounds, right? What is an unexplained sound? That's what some people might ask who don't really know much about the paranormal. And I'm just giving my version, my summary of what it means to me. (laughs) So, and I hope that those of you who are listening, you do know a little bit at least about the paranormal since you're listening to this podcast. It's always paranormal. So basically, it's there's a sound that happens and you don't know why the fuck it happened. You can't find why or who or what did it. You can't debunk it. You can't recreate it. Like, put it like this. Say you're in an empty room or an empty building, and all of a sudden you hear, like, like a slam or something. Or a knock, and you can't find where it came from. You know you're by yourself, or you've got your fellow investigators with you, and you guys just don't know where it came from. And the evidence, you can see in all the, everybody's camera that you're all standing perfectly still. But that sound still happened. So... You can't explain whether or not it's paranormal. You don't know if it was caused by an animal. You just know that in this general area, you can't recreate and you can't explain. So that is what in my terms is an unexplained sound. You can hear this. Like, if you think about it, we're in a prison. You can see the bars closing. You can hear them. They have a specific sound. Footsteps have a specific sound. There's, you know, there's just sounds that are recognizable that you know what the fuck was that. Back to ghost adventures, like I mentioned in the beginning. They have, while in the hole, some stuff happened that I thought was pretty cool. And whether or not it's real, that's for them to know. And me to just enjoy watching. They had all of their equipment drain batteries. Their, uh, their mic packs had brand new batteries in it, drained. So there was no sound for this particular portion of the episode, but there was a lot of stuff happening. And you can't really tell because it's all in silence, and all you, you don't even get subtitles to like what was said or not said. And I think that's pretty cool. Now in some of the other videos, some of the other evidence they got, you can hear like a prison door or a cell door just like closing. And, you know, it's got that, like, it's got that sound, that metallic-y sound. And um, there was the incident with uh, the guy that they were interviewing that he was feeling like he was getting grabbed by this former inmate who killed himself, unfortunately. What else happened? There was, there was just a lot of stuff that actually happened in that episode. Why can't I remember it? I don't know why. <laughs> I just know that, for the most part, the evidence they caught in Ghost Adventures was really good. 
And I probably could watch Ghost Hunters. I probably could. But I'm not going to. Because I really don't like Ghost Adventure. I mean, <laughs> I don't like Ghost Hunters. At all. And I used to. Like I said, I used to love them. But there was something that happened that I just... They just lost me. And I'm not sure why. I can't remember. It's been so long since I watched Ghost Hunters. I used to love that show. Like, every time it came on sci-fi, when it used to be on sci-fi, I was like, hell yeah, let's watch it. But now, not so much. Mainly because I don't care about them. I think... I would be terrified. I think that they have the tours, actually, at the reformatory that paranormal tours just bring your own shit obviously and um i would love to see what people get what they capture i'd like to go there myself and have my own experiences i want to be able to say hey fuck yeah that happened but until that happens i'm going to go by everybody else's experience because i don't have my own experience and i don't really have a way to get there right now to be able to um full-on experience it i would love to have an overnight stay in the reformatory and just investigate what'll happen what's gonna happen am i gonna catch something is the weather timing night moon phase just right for me to get a good residual haunting evidence. And I'm actually fascinated by residual haunting because it's like I've said before, it all ties back to that stone tape theory that everything absorbs our energy. And just to be able to like experience that I think would be pretty cool to to have that luck to go there whenever just that right moment happens and shit blows up i don't want to get possessed no thank you but i want to i just want to see that i want to see like a residual thing happen right there before my eyes or i want to even have like contact with an intelligent spirit and that's another thing while filming ghost adventures the women the tour guides the female tour guides would often get grabbed or have their hair pulled or something of that nature because if you think about it it was all men in there it wasn't women at that time and they didn't really get a whole lot of chances to see women and some of these men were locked up for certain reasons and i'm not going to say what reasons but i'm sure your mind went where my mind went so like i said i mean me being female, wanting to go in there, maybe I could have my own experience. Do I want to? No. I don't want to feel like... That made no sense. What am I talking about? I want to feel what is felt. I want the energy. I want to touch the energy and experience Ohio, Ohio State Reformatory. Sorry, Texan came out of me like a bitch. I think... There's not much more I can really add on as far as that. This is going to be a really fucking short episode. I'm not going to lie to you. I I don't have any possible relatable stories that you haven't heard yet. I don't have any other input other than this place is 
cool. And I know that my voice sounds a lot louder. It's just because I decided I'm not going to sit up anymore. I'm just kind of leaning here close to the microphone. I really think that this would be a fucking great place to take a tour and see what they had. Because, you know, now that it's a museum, you can actually see some of the stuff and some of the letters, some of the some of the things that the inmates had that they've collected around over the years thanks to the uh, Preservation Society. And I have big respect for them because if it wasn't for the people who wanted to preserve history in the country or in their state, we really wouldn't have anything other than like the historical places, obviously, like in New England and shit where big historical moments happened. It's just, I'm very grateful for the people who do what they do to make sure that history in the country is preserved. And I enjoy also those who offer paranormal tours. And I, I want to go. If you've gone there, I would really, really like to hear about it. I want to know, like, what did you experience? Did you have any kind of paranormal activity happen to you? Did you catch any weird fucking pictures? Any full-bodied apparitions that you caught? I just, I want to know. Let me know. You can email me at paranormalartistpodcast at gmail.com and hopefully one day I'll be able to read it to you guys and be like, wow, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen and heard and read in my life. And I want to apologize if this wasn't like one of the best episodes, but you got to understand mental health is a fucking bitch. It really is. And every day I, I have to force myself sometimes to really get out of the funk I'm in, the funk I'm feeling and pick up and keep going and start the next one and start the next one. And for those of you who are like, yeah, right, whatever, no. Depression is very fucking real. And some people, they lose their fight to it. And I really want to to put a whole just dedication of my life to help those who want to lose their fight or who have lost their fight to depression because it's it's hard it's hard to just feel that way and you know that's why the episode is so much shorter and probably not as joyous as I usually am it's just it's been more of a serious time for me this been going through stuff and yes I did get to go see my favorite artist but it's still a matter of me being able to pick myself up and push myself to be able to do anything even go to work to be honest with you I have (laughs) you have no idea how many times I just want to be like fuck this I don't want to be here they I don't want to deal with this they don't fucking deserve me or I don't deserve work I don't know it's just you got to learn to pick yourself up that's the bottom line of this and it's hard nobody said it was easy And I've had to learn that so often over the years. So when I hear stories or read stories or come across like all of these these hauntings that have had high levels of suicide, it just it kinda hits a place. It hits a hard it hits me hard, you know. I've lost people to suicide. I have battled my own thoughts with that and basically you can't give up because it's going to have moments that suck and moments that you're just like, fuck this. But 
there's a lot of good moments too. And lots of memories. And one day when you look back at it, you'll just be like, you know, I'm glad I survived. I'm glad I, I stayed. I'm glad I kept fighting. And basically, if I could, God, I, w- I would hug every single person who really has dealt with that and who's felt that way about themselves and just thought that the world is better off without. Because no, it's not. It's not better off without you. It's, um, shit, you may not know it. You can change the world. You can be somebody's hero and not even know it. And that's what I want to end on. I know it's not like a real happy ending, but it's more... You have to know how to pick yourself up, and you have to learn to pick yourself up. That's what I want to say in the end. So, I I really am grateful for everybody who listens to this. I'm grateful for my friends and my family who listen to this. And those of you in Europe, you know who you are. I'm grateful for all of you. And I just want to thank you for listening. Because it <laughs> it's small, but it means a lot to me. And when I have my friends on here, we're having a blast. And it, it really means a lot. So thank you to everybody who listens and who, I don't know gives me purpose I guess you could say so as we all know this episode was a little bit different from the rest of them nothing really exciting or adventurous about this episode other than talking about the reformatory itself I just want to add that if you guys or anybody is feeling suicidal or having any suicidal ideation You can call or text 988. They're open 365 days a year and 24-7. They're ready to help you. I also want to add that you can also find me on social media with my username, Alex again, with two underscores, or paranormalartist.podcast, both on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon at Paranormal Artist Podcast. And if you have any personal stories that you want to add, any kind of experience or suggestion, you can email me at paranormalartistpodcast at gmail.com.